1: Shall be preached in all the world. Then shall the end come.
0: Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest.
1: This is Nathan, and this is Charlie. We're your hosts for today, and today we wanted to talk about vision. Um, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." Or some translations say, "Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint." restraint or they run wild. And, uh, I just think it's a fascinating principle. If we, um, we're going to dig into that scripture and, and discuss it. But I think it's fascinating just to start off when we think about that, that principle where there's no vision the people run wild. I think that in general, as humans, having a vision compels us. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I know that was the case. And that's, really, why,
0: that's why they say that having goals is really important.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I th- I think as humans, it, it, it compels us. Uh, that's been the case in my life. It's still the case in my life. It's always been the case in my life. Um, vision always compels. Uh, I think about growing up and my life dream. You've heard my testimony or pieces of it on various episodes. I wanted to go into the military. That was my personal vision for my life, and it did compel me to act a certain way. Uh, I said yes to certain things, and I said no to certain things for the sake of that vision. I worked hard. I got the right grades. I took the right leadership positions. I did the right sports, um, all of that because I had a vision for the military academy, and I wanted to succeed, and I wanted to do that. It compelled me in those ways. I'm sure you've had similar experiences of things that, because of a vision— it compelled you to live a certain way.
0: Right. So like, I don't know, nothing that big, but maybe like wanting to run a long distance (laughs) and just knowing you have to train and eat right and sleep and all that kind of stuff and to attain that goal.
1: Uh, I finished a run yesterday morning and someone called me as soon as I finished it. I I finished right at 7.02 a.m., boom, got a call. i just finished running. And I got on a call with this guy, and uh, he he was like, I was like, man, sorry, I'm a little winded. I just finished running and working out. And he's like, man, you know, Charlie, the Proverbs say that only the wicked run when nobody's chasing them. (laughs) I was like, whatever, man, context. Hey, I'm going to keep running. Anyway... Uh, vision and goals and these things compel us. Now, uh, why we're talking about that, when we look at this passage, it says, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint or they run wild or they perish, depending on the translation. And what what kind of vision is it talking about? Uh, I think it's fascinating to look well, at. Well, before we get yeah. there,
0: maybe it'd be wise to talk about like a time that this happened, and that might give some... A, a better understanding of what the vision that we're talking about is uh, uh, a time that it happened in the scriptures. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: So Exodus chapter 32. Right. So, uh, Exodus chapter 32, um, you find a story of Moses going up onto the mountain to meet with God and receive God's teaching, receive God's instruction, receive God's vision for the people. And, He left the people to go up on the mountain. The people stay down there, the Israelites, and they're like, man, where's Moses? Mo left us to hang out on our own. Uh, uh, How long is he going to be? We don't know what to do. Essentially, we don't have a
0: vision. It's astounding how quickly they forget. Like, Like everything he told them before he left. And it's not like he's gone for years. Like, he's gone for, like, some days. Yeah. Hey, hey,
1: guys. Uh, Hey, Moses, we're getting hungry. What are we going to eat? And and then all of a sudden, um, somebody thinks it's a great idea. Why don't we gather up all our gold jewelry, burn it in the fire, and make a golden calf, bow down, and worship? Surely that will satisfy us. Melt it in the fire, but yeah. What did I say? Burn it. Same, same. <laughs> same, same, but different. Uh, So... They do that. They start worshiping the calf. Uh, sounds great, and um, no, it doesn't sound great. It sounds uh, awful, like idolatry. Uh, Moses is with God, and God tells, like, tells Moses, like, "Hey, the people are doing some wild stuff." And Moses comes off the mountain furious, infumigated, just angry. And it says that he saw that the people had broken loose or ran wild. They were running wild. It's the same exact. Hebrew word, the original language of the Old Testament, as in Proverbs twenty nineteen, twenty nine, eighteen. So we get an example of this principle in a story of the people lost sight of the vision and they began to run wild. Now, I, I want to talk about just for half a second what does this word run wild, perish, break loose, cast off restraint look like? It's it would look like a horse uh that you took off its reins, and it can't be directed any longer because mm. of that. When you have the reins uh, and, and the, what's the word for the thing in the mouth? The, the bit. The bit in its mouth, you can steer, you can direct, you can guide, you can give vision for where it's supposed to go, when it's supposed to speed up, when it's supposed to slow down. But all of a sudden, you take that out,
0: and the horse is running wild. Yeah, there's actually a reference to that in the in the book of James. Uh yeah we talk about how uh, James is talking about being in control and how we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us. Same yep. same, same principle, same concept. So that's what's <clears throat> happening with the Israelites.
1: Now that leads us to in the context of Proverbs chapter 29, what type of vision is he talking about?
0: Right. So this word vision shows up another time in the scriptures all the way back in Samuel. Now, if you guys remember, Samuel is the first son of this mother who begged for a child, and she dedicated him to the Lord. So he's living with Eli, the priest in the temple. And uh, in those days, there there had been a long period of time without any vision. And basically, there had just been this silence from God. No one had heard any direction from him for a very, very long time.
1: Yeah, so all the people were, in essence, in disobedience to God, not knowing what to do, and they hadn't had vision from God.
0: Right. It, it wasn't a specific from God, spoken to people vision directly from him. That had not occurred in a long time. So this word
1: vision, some translations call it prophetic Vision. The right. ESV says that. That's what it's talking about. Oh, what uh, prophetic? That's a can be a fancy word that means a proclamation given by God. Essentially, so what it's saying is when there's no vision given by God and people aren't receiving that and obeying it. Guess what? They're running wild, they're casting off restraint, and probably they're on their way to
0: perishing. Right. And just to draw it out, to make sure that we're all on the same page, the point here is not that we would all have a vision. It's great to have life goals and all of that, and wonderful, praise a, the Lord. A strategy a st- for my company. And- yeah. None of those are harmful, but what this passage is speaking about is a vision from God. A, 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 something that God has put on your heart, a burden from God, a command of God, a, a, a a, a revelation from God Himself.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think there's a lot of directions you can go with that. In in general, we have the spoken and written Word of God already given to us that says, "Love God with everything. Love others. Preach the gospel to everyone and make disciples." So that's a that's a vision that He's already ca- given. And on the other hand, we have, "Hey, what's God's given life?" purpose? Have I really dug into that? Have I listened to him for that, that God-given vision that I'm supposed to contribute to his kingdom in the unique ways that he's wired me? And um, maybe you've been kind of stuck in passivity or uh, not sure what to do with your life, or you've been stuck in some cycle of sin. And could it be that if you started to get serious and started asking the question, what's God's given vision for my life? that it might help you get out of the, some of those ruts because you all of a sudden have a bigger vision, a bigger cause to live for, especially the young generation. We love to live for causes, and especially the next generation as well. Uh, it's because We're millennials. He's
0: talking about the Zers. Yes,
1: Gen Z and millennials, both, they're cause-driven. And so uh, especially then, but all of us, what is my God-given vision for my life that contributes to his bigger kingdom vision? I believe if we start to get serious about that, we will stop running wild without the bit in our mouth, with not knowing what to do with our life, casting off restraint, not caring, running wild like the Israelites. What's the God-given vision? And when we start to ask that question and prayerfully consider it, all of a sudden, God begins to direct. He begins to show us. Mm. He begins to lead us step by step. And... I think that that gets us out of some of those things. So even our sin, Colossians chapter 3, uh, points us to have our vision set on Jesus, set on heaven, on heaven, and as a result, we'll be able to overcome the sin. It says, "Set in Colossians 3, set your eyes on heavenly things. And then after that, it says, put to death what right. is sinful. And so I think if you're struggling with passivity, not knowing what to do with your life, or just in a, a cycle of sin, it could be that you haven't asked the question, what's God give, God's given purpose and vision for my life? Right. And I've seen the power of that. Right. Uh, I remember being in Asia doing a disciple-making training. Young guy, uh, we, we were talking about vision, basically. Hey, God's given us the vision to go make disciples of all nations, of all unreached people. And where is he calling you? Hmm. What is your vision from God? And we had a time of prayer and this uh, 17 year old guy stands up and he says, God has put it on my heart to go to this specific location, this specific people, not sharing it on the podcast. Uh, They're unreached in this region, uh, but they persecute strongly. How can I face that? Right. And he uh, uh, said, I'm too young and it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be difficult. And I said, well. Um, Jesus is with you. Acts chapter 4 13. The disciples were uneducated, ordinary men, yet the people were astonished that they had been with Jesus. That's what gave them their boldness. And not only that, but some people believe that Jeremiah maybe was only 17, or some of the disciples maybe started at the beginning when they were only teenagers potentially. And don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for all the believers. So go with Jesus. He's given you this vision. He'll bring it to pass. But the whole point is God gave this vision to this young guy and it compelled him to say, I want to go here, even though it's out of my comfort zone. It's beyond me. It's difficult. Uh, I'm still struggling with that, but it's
0: what compelled him to move forward. Right. And so ultimately, like as you seek to discern your vision— because like Charlie's saying, I think it's super important. It's a really important question to ask. And I think one of the most pertinent reasons that it's such a important question to ask is because we really are a people without direction. I feel like, like in so many instances, we're wandering around thinking to ourselves, man, like what, what am, what even am I? We have this identity crisis. We have this lack of understanding of of who God has made us to be. We have this lack of of drive towards any goal. We're, we're just like people will spend their entire lives going nowhere and doing nothing. And it's such a shame. Yeah. Because like there's so much work to be done. There's so many people out there in the world who need to know about Jesus. There's so You people who are willing to tell people about Jesus, like even at the very least, I can guarantee you a vision that God has for your life is to reach the people in your life, like at the very least. And, and at the very least, I think that the other thing that's kind of emerging And coming to the surface with what you're saying, Charlie, and with what the scriptures say, is that our vision should be Jesus, like our eyes set on Jesus, focused on him, focused on, to use his words, uh, his kingdom come and his will be done.
1: Yeah, I think our eyes are there first and foremost, uh, and we're seeking him and continuing to ask the question, uh, what does he want to do in and through my life? We're going to be discovering the God-given
0: vision that he has for us. Right. I'm uh, reading through the, for, uh, over the last couple of days, I read for, through the first 10 Psalms, and it's uh, astounding how many times David talks about, or whoever the author of those first 10 Psalms are, uh, how often the author talks about how he longs for God to direct his steps, yep. how he longs for God to to show him the way of righteousness, to show mm-hmm. him what he needs to do next. And I think he's looking to the right place. He's looking to God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, hey,
1: you've been feeling passive. You felt like your life has been kind of unbridled, running wild, uh, without direction. Start asking the question, uh, what do you want the impact of your life to be? What are you living for? Who are you living for? What's the vision and the direction? And is it coming from God or is it coming from something else? Because if it's not a God-given direction – I fear that your life will
0: be out of control right and uh, if you're wondering how do I distinguish like first of all how would I discern God's vision for my life what are some easy tips and tricks see that's in the description of our podcast so we should hit (laughs) on that and then so how do I discern it and then how do I distinguish between a vision that God has given me and a vision that I have for myself
1: yeah I think that's a great question um, Number one, like we're saying, make Jesus first, make his kingdom first, not your kingdom, not your empire, not whatever you want to build in
0: your name, but in his name. So a practical question, like when I'm doing something significant in my life, whose kingdom is this building? Is yep. this building my bank account? Is it building my, my personal kingdom or is it building God's kingdom?
1: And uh, then prayer, asking God, Lord, who are you calling me to become? What are you calling me to do? and start seeking him in the scripture and in prayer and seeing what he just burns on your heart as a part of his heart and as a result that it it will advance his kingdom through your uniqueness, through your life. So asking him in prayer is a key piece as well. And then continuing to just say, does this glorify God or is it all about me? And that's a key question that right. I
0: think we can always be asking. Get your face in the scriptures. Um, like we were saying before, there are very specific uh directions and revelations that are for all followers of Jesus. Look at what the followers of Jesus did in the book of Acts. That's what he wants you to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. I I think that is the most simple way that I would stick
0: with. Right. Just do uh, what the Bible says.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think those those few things um, yeah. is is how I would walk that out.
0: Right. And as far as distinguishing between my goals and God's goals I think that just to hit it again, whose kingdom is it building? His kingdom or my kingdom? And that, that will be a really easy distinguishing factor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course at times... Um, it'll be both. Yeah, and it it I think it'll be exciting but also beyond you, uh, so it can be a little bit nerve-wracking at times too. Right.
0: I'm convinced that We'll get to the end and we'll be surprised by what God would have done with us had we been willing to engage in it. Like, I'm sure that there is going to be untold stories because people just refused to say yes.
1: Yeah. Um, Here's something we can leave you with. A God-sized vision will be impossible for you to complete on your own. So how big is the vision that you have? Uh, if you can complete it on your own strength and it feels doable and easy, might not be a God sized vision, but a God sized vision, you're going to feel like it's beyond you. It's at the end of your rope. And wow, that's when God's going to show up. Jesus is going to do the incredible. So start dreaming with God for a God sized vision and see what happens. Uh, There's actually a uh, chapter in a book called It's My Turn. Uh, The subtitle is 20 Kingdom Laborers Who Changed Their World and Compel Me to Impact Mine. And it's about Luis Palau, an evangelist that impacted the world. He learned straight from Billy Graham, and uh, he came out of South America and traveled the globe preaching to to just crowds everywhere, massive crowds. And um, God gave him a God-sized vision. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see how he walked that out. So if you want to dig deeper on, hey, what's it look like to seek God and and fulfill a God-sized vision, I recommend you check that book out. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's on the Forge website. It's a resource that we put together uh, essentially of 20 historic Christian figures, all sorts of backgrounds and, and lives and times of history. Uh, but Luis Palau is one of those who and that chapter's God-sized vision. I I recommend you check that out if you'd like to dig deeper.
0: It's my turn. That's what it's called. It's my turn. Yep.
1: Look it up on Amazon. You can just type in "It's My Turn Forge" and it will pop up on Amazon. Sure. Uh, it's been a real encouragement to my life looking at those historic Christian figures because um, they're the people who are uh, are wedged between my life and the people of the Bible, and so. It's encouraging to see their lives of, wow, they faced the realities I faced in the modern era. They 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 struggled with the things I struggled with, yet they had this vision God was casting, and they fulfilled it, and it was glorious and incredible, and God did amazing things. And I long that that would happen in my life. And reading of these figures, it really does breathe a lot of courage
0: and encouragement. Yeah. I mean, how cool would it be if we began to live... In the book of Acts, once again, like I've found my heart craving it and longing mm. for it. My wife and I have been reading through it at night uh, together. Just finished it last night, and ugh, I just so long to see the book of Acts happen again. And I think or be a lo- active yeah. again. Uh, of course, it's still happening. <laughs> Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. <clears throat> that we would engage it, right? And the problem is. We all have to choose to engage Jesus in a real palpable way in order to see something like that happen. Like, it's not going to be enough for just Charlie or just me to engage it. We all have to say, you know what, Jesus, whatever, whatever you want, whatever you want from my life. If you want me to be a teacher, great. If you want me to be a cop, great. If you want me to be uh whatever, great. If you want me to get in an airplane and fly the other side of the world and preach to people who have never heard your name, Great. Whatever I whatever you want that's what I want to spend my life doing all in for you for your glory so that more people can come to know you. Amen.
1: Yeah. Well let's let's get after it man. God-sized vision and uh God will take care of the rest. Um Amen.
0: We'll, I like that song. That's a good song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, that's uh Keith Green pray. He says uh do your best pray that is blessed and God will take care of the rest. It's a good song. Check Keith Green out. He's in it's my turn, too, of all people. Uh, hey, I'll leave us with this quote. Uh, by, you said that three times now, I think. <laughs> you, you continue to spark new new things. So uh, Nick Ripken, uh says, and he wrote a book called The Insanity of God, an incredible book of believers around the world and suffering and persecution and and yet resurrection life that God brings out of that. Uh, he says, not only is God out of the box, there is no box. It's burned. It's ashes. mm And man, what if we live that way because his vision is so big that it's like there's no box that can contain this vision, let alone God himself. So uh, God sized vision. Let's get after it. Let's get out into the harvest fields. Thank you guys for joining this episode. God bless you.